Three, two, one. Lindy McDonough, nice to have <laughs> you on the podcast. Hello. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I am very well, thank you. And you're looking very 60s, dreamy, long bangs <laughs> vibe these are today. My, these are my quarantine bangs. Here they are. I, love I have them. A, a lot of hair right now. It's very long. It's like it's very like goddess Scandinavian <laughs> goddess. <laughs> I will okay. I just need to give a little rundown to to our friendly listeners out there. So I know Lindy because because of the fashion calendar. We've we've met. I think we met at like a men's trade show a bunch of times, and then we yep. then we like started hanging at the women's trade shows because we're the kind of people who kind of like <laughs> we we don't quite. I mean, we are women, but we don't quite always fit into the women's fashion world because of our, how we are and our um, pension for boy dressing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) For boy dressing and vintage things and and figuring out how stuff works. Um, Yeah, so we just kind of started hanging out. And so Lindy, um, Lindy makes beautiful objects mainly out of leather and yes she is the queen of Rhode Island's leather makery in my (laughs) eyes um and yeah you this year I feel like this the theme of this podcast today is going to be evolution the changing tides and metamorphosis Um, metamorphosis yes which is seems to be the theme of 2020 um but yeah, let's talk about you were you founded and were the creative director of Low Tough Leather. Yes. Um, which you built, you know, with your partners as such a beautiful company. Was that like what, ten years that Yes, that it was it would have been, been we started in two thousand ten, so it was ten years this year. Yeah. Nice. Um I started it when I was with them when I was a uh, wee 22. So I was very wow. young at that point. Um, so, you know, pretty young, um, but learning a lot. Um, I went to RISD in Rhode Island um, here. So I'm from here. I'd lived in New York for a little bit and then came back and um, have been kind of a leather worker and maker ever since. Um, so I did design the creative direction and, and, uh, started it and we built a beautiful company of beautiful objects and you know beautiful bags uh, that we handmade all in-house and um, yeah it was an amazing experience and ama- you know an amazing way to start um, and then also you know and now I'm now starting you are, something new yes that's <laughs> it. the most exciting thing is you are starting a new project called Lindquist which is your mother's maiden name and you and where Lindy yeah. comes from apparently that you just told me. Tell me yeah. about that. Tell me about Well, the it's name. my it's my um Lindquist is my my mother's uh Swedish. Um my dad's from Colorado and uh my grandfather they called him Lindy. His whole and his last name was Lindquist. Was, yeah. So um but they called him Lindy and uh I was named after him. And Lindquist has always kind of been 
this idea kind of swirling around in my head that that would be the name that I wanted to use and the family name, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Lindquist object is kind of Lindquist, but then looking at, you know, the objects that we're going to make, um, I, uh, I founded a new studio in East Providence, Rhode Island. We have um, a beautiful space, which this, I'm this in right now. This is where you are right now. Yeah. For people yep. who are listening right now, I just need to like visually describe what's going on in the background. It's like you're in this really tall brick warehouse looking building with beautiful natural light everywhere. It, it looks huge, by the way. Can you like, very, describe very it for us? Tall. Um, well, it was, it was not very bright and airy when we got it. Um, but we put in windows, um, it was all boarded up. Um, but it's a very tall, it was a, a a tree pulp factory before, um, it's on the river. So they float the wood down the river and then pick it up and then turn it into tree pulp here. Um, and um, that's my understanding of the building. And then it's it's very tall, though, which we just got a wood stove and we were getting some fans to kind of keep it keep it oh, warm yeah. in the winter. It's getting yeah, cold, isn't it? It's, it's very I know Lauren's like, I don't know what cold, <laughs> it's cold right these now. days. Yeah. Winter <laughs> it's is going to get cold. It yeah. is here. But we're going to keep it real warm, really, uh, you know, for the Swedish word for huga, you know, to kind of like keep it keep it warm and, and tidy here in the winter. But um, the space is, you know, we found the space and then it kind of everything evolved from there. And and uh, we have this um, an ability to kind of space out in this time when it's important to kind of keep our distance from one another. And yeah, eventually this front space will make into a little store um but in this space we have um we manufacture everything in-house so we have a wood shop um where we're going to be doing some furniture pieces oh nice and, yeah yep i have a chair that um is going to launch in about three weeks that i've been Amazing. doing with a friend of mine yeah, yeah. um i do the lead obviously the leather elements of it and then he's doing the woodworking um and then we do um, all of our leather production here as well. So we have a full kind of artisan leather shop as well. How many people, yeah. so how many people you have in there right now? For us right now, it's only going to be five of us in the you beginning. You say like yeah. only five. I'm like, that's quite it's a lot of people already. No, it's five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, there's uh, four of us that do production because we make it all in-house. So there needs to be, we need a certain number of us to actually make it all. Be, yeah. You guys would be waiting a very long time if I was doing it alone. But yeah. um, but there's four of us that hand make the bags, um, one of which is my, my husband, Connor. And um, he's kind of our like engineer brain of the operation he does all of the like keeping the equipment like tuned and keeping us very like efficient but like um and also like kind of making all the equipment run really perfectly mm -hmm. and then I have Kate who's my head of production who does stitching and assembling the bags and then um Emily who does all of our like edge work and painting as well and then myself so it's just the the four of us making stuff and then I have one um, my friend Kat, who helps us with uh, like sales and the website and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. What a team, man. Yeah, it's a great team. It feels really and good. Every single part of that team is like so essential as well. You, so, so essential. Yeah, so essential. Like, I feel like um, 
people yeah i'd like to i'd love you to take us through the the kind of process that you know is involved with making one of your leather pieces i know from low tough that you know the something a bag that can look very streamlined and to the untrained eye you know very simple can be the most complex time consuming incredibly step like so many levels to the process you know can you take us through like yeah yeah one bag and also after that i'm so curious as to like what design wise are you looking at like the direction of your new project yeah sure so i think for me my aesthetic as a designer is always you know i try to do things um make things that look very simple from the outside but are made um really beautifully so and that's actually what like what you were saying like incredibly challenging because you can see Every single detail and everything has to be considered, you know, so if you're trying to do it in the simplest way possible, that means everything, every piece has to like kind of shine from the handle if it's like one whole piece. Um, You know, I think, uh, you know, my previous like aesthetic of what I was doing, we we were definitely a little bit more in the heritage um, kind of bags that were, uh, you know, kind of these like really like bags that you could have forever. Um, and like, and they're, and they're a little bit more on the traditional side, um, which was amazing. Probably moving towards our new company, it's a little bit more um, minimalist and simple. And we're going to be doing these kind of, uh, you know, smaller, smaller runs of bags that are, you know, I've kind of taken a lot of the stuff out of them. They're very simple in the new mm-hmm. ones. They're, thinner lines, a little bit more, um, like when I make one of the bags, you know, a lot of my bags on the new ones don't have any side seaming, um, which you don't really notice when you're looking at it, that there's no seaming going around. Um, the seaming is all hidden behind the handles and the handles become the side seam. So I kind of, with the new one, I took kind of traditional bag making of like, you have a front, you have a handle, you have a side collar, which a lot of bags are kind of the same the same they're like Mm. in in terms of construction and structure but when you start to actually like all right can my prompts for the new company are like well if we get rid of side seams Mm. how do we make uh, a bag that way Um, and then my next one was well if we you know if we take apart you know and kind of how do we take this one thing and then deconstruct it down to what it's like simplest form can be and that's yeah. that's what I've been doing with the with the new project, and it's been really fun. And it, we're having a lot of fun um, in terms of the pattern making and kind of doing pattern making that's like pretty unexpected and um, yeah, stuff right. that really, yeah. And it's it's been really cool. Um, you know, it's it's having a little bit more, you know, you know, kind of taking a little bit more risks with the pattern making, but also you know doing things that are a little bit a little bit weird and a little that's bit awesome, unexpected. Man. I think you like I think pattern making like I don't know anything about leather pattern making but I know quite a lot about you know clothing Clothing. pattern pattern making and dude pattern making is everything it's like for for people who don't don't understand what 
pattern making is it's just geometry in practice in real practice and it's figuring out how to make a 3d object from from pieces of paper from flat and um it sounds daunting but the more you do it the more i don't know about you but when i make patterns i'm more like hands on and just me too trial and error and then suddenly you get something yeah tell me it just like it like you know one of the bags we made this season uh it's called the onda and it's you know it's essentially every single piece in it is a different pattern piece there's not like a lot of times with bag making because you're using dyes and all of these other um kind of pieces of equipment to um you know, you have to kind of have some repetition in the pieces. This bag, every piece, there's, I think, 17 pieces of it. Every single piece is different. Every panel, Holy everything. Molly. And it's it was one of those things that you couldn't just sit at a, and draw it. You had to actually make it. We make every, I make everything. My process is I make everything out of like a heavyweight canvas. And then I essentially cut it apart and then stitch it back together and then like see the shape and then I'll take it apart and put it back together and cut pieces out. And it's essentially like the way you would do like draping or something in, in, and then I sketch on it and like cut pieces out and then put it back together. But it's usually about how to take something. um, Once you kind of get the shape to be kind of the, like, you're like, Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. The Onda has two different, size straps it's a bag that has one strap that's small and one that's long and they loop together and become like a shoulder a shoulder carry and um but it shouldn't make any sense because they're it's asymmetrical which in bags is not really but it's also deeply symmetrical when you put it on it's like really interesting wow um yeah it's like a piece of origami or yeah that sounds like like a haiku (laughs) Oh, like it sounds like just right now my brain's exploding a little bit. But I, I had this thought that, you know, like I've, I've really thought that creativity is only possible when um, you have a very strict um, kind of framework to work within and to kind of – I feel like if if you don't have a strict framework that that is your kind of like – yeah, for for leather work, it's like the the geometry and the um, traditional kind of construction method. If you don't have that kind of framework, there's no room. Right. There's there's almost like too many options to to like make create. I don't know to make new stuff from. I don't know right. if you understand what I'm saying, but I, like, I do. I I think there's you know, and this is such a like interesting thing. I think once you know the rules necessarily like you know how to make something um whether it's a jacket or a tote bag um and you kind of have the fundamental rules and i think my kind of foundational experience before gave me this really great you know understanding of truly how to make some of these things and and then you can take that knowledge and then that and it just that just takes time and then you explode it and can kind of re rewrite it and make decisions about, you know, the way something's going to look aesthetically without compromising, you know, the quality of it or the, you know, or if you are like the integrity of it, or if you are, you're actually making that conscious decision to do that, not just because Mm. you don't know how to do it, which is also an interesting place to be as well, you know, and I, 
think that's what's really exciting and what I'm excited about now and exploring is, you know, kind of what, you know, my background before is I, I had a background in furniture um, and I, I teach furniture at RISD. Um, now I teach design for production and what's interesting and for them and especially for students is like, you know, you're learning, you're still learning all the language and all the, um, you're learning how to make things and you're still kind of on that, that quest of like, you know, there's a certain level of, you know, needing, needing to learn and get kind of experience. You know, I, th I think for most people, like it would be interesting to make people, you know, to have people make, you know, in, in these classes, we have them make like a chair or we have them make, you know, kind of these traditional things in the beginning just to like get, you know, and then you can, then you blow it apart. Yeah. And you're like, is a chair, do you have to sit in a chair? I don't know. Like, yeah, totally. You can't <laughs> blow something apart unless you are, you know, every step of the construction of it first, for sure. Like, you I think it's be real. Yeah. I think the bag making is interesting. You know, I've, I've made a lot of bags in my career at this point and it's, you know, they're basically, you know, you have your pattern and then you go through process of, you know, there's stitching, there's things that hold it together. And then you kind of can decide at that point, like how little of that to use or how much of it to use. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, we've been kind of playing with that in this room now of like how little, you know, can we, you know, how little can we kind of do? So it's still this like beautiful thing that's going to age and be with you forever, but, you know, still, uh, still be incredibly simple, but also sometimes makes it incredibly challenging to make, but yeah, you know, that's the point. I can only imagine. That sounds like, like, yeah, a lot of like trial and error maths, but I'm curious, um, what's your creative process like when you're designing bags? Like, you know, it's not like with with fashion with clothes where you, like every six months you have to like make a new collection or like how how are you doing this and like where do you get the inspiration from to make the new designs my my new process has been kind of interesting i've been for the last six months i've been kind of changing the way that i that i work a little bit and um and trying some new some new things um typically which sounds like kind of i i love to sketch um my sketch in the morning usually like most mornings um i try to at least get like a couple like things out it's kind of like you know for people who write or like whatever it's my that oh, yeah. you know it's my it's my that and um typically i do like exercises where uh i uh i usually think about a person and then i sketch which is like kind of weird and kind of You get a person, you make them into a bag. Yeah, essentially. That's essentially. <laughs> <Amazing. what> I, <laughs> I love that. It's like um, this and person, like, this friend of mine has a pumpkin head. I'm going to exactly. make a pumpkin bag. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about Halloween. Like, but you know what? It's like it's like cars are kind of made by a lake to look like people, yes. which is like kind of interesting. They have little faces on the front. They have faces. They truly have faces yeah. and have things. But, but um, the new, you know, I, you know, I, I feel really, you know, some people really, and sometimes I find it really. I get worried when I tell people that they are the ones that I sketched for that bag. <laughs> <laughs> they get. I'm like, I'm like, are they gonna think this is so weird? <laughs> do, do you ever like show them the sketches? No. <laughs> 
would I should be start, I should start. You should make a book. It. Start including it in it. But I do these like extra, and sometimes it doesn't work. Like some, like sometimes I can't. <laughs> Sorry, your face doesn't work in a bag. <laughs> it doesn't even. <laughs> It's like a really that. weird thing that I do sometimes. And you can see it. We name a lot of our things sometimes <laughs> after the people. And so like, so I'll, I'll call them and I'll be like, so, um, I, I made this bag <laughs> essentially for you. I really hope you like it. I'm like, but that's really sweet though. That actually, that's so sweet. Cause you're really boiling like someone you, you care about or some someone in your monkey yeah. sphere and you're like you're including them in your like in your art and your work and you're making the essence of them into a bag that lives on forever that's so beautiful <laughs> yeah i just like you know i'm really into you know I love getting, you know, kind of the inspiration from them and then kind of the embodiment. And sometimes it'll like take a, a, a turn to something weird, but usually people are pretty okay with it, which has been kind of interesting for the new projects. I had to like call people the week before and be like, is it okay that I do this? Um, but they've all been very like loving and accepting of it, which is, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, like, when you're it's almost like writing a story that's like character based you're like putting a story together and all the characters have become your objects it's such yeah. a nice way of thinking about it really like i'm quite touched <laughs> yeah i like i like you know it's just like it's been a it's a cool process to doing that and sometimes it's even i think about people that i don't know like artists or nice. like things like that as well. Like um, one of the bags I did this season is called the form bag. And it's, it's based on Christina Ramberg's paintings and also her as a, and I, I think she, so she used to geom she used to make torsos of women into geometry. That was kind of her, her language of, of painting and, and printmaking. And, and um, one of our bags is essentially like, it's, it shouldn't make any sense. It has holes all over it, probably. Oh, you know I, I saw mean. that. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love it's it. It's like a lot of people, it's like, you know, uh, the way we describe it is, you know, people who are like spiritually inclined to carry all their items in a milk crate. But this yes. is a little bit more, this is a little bit more elegant of a, that, of a milk crate. Milk um, crate or like fishing bag, like a, exactly. a net fishing bag. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's every piece again, you know, like we're doing before is a, a different pattern piece kind of woven together in this way that shouldn't make any sense. But somehow, you know, it, somehow it works. It was a lot of samples and a lot of a lot of back and yeah. forth. But tell me about yeah. your uh, tell me about the hides that you're using. Yeah, sure. I so I uh, am very interested. I've done a lot of research in a lot of years. Um working with tanneries, um, because I make every, and because we make everything and around it, being um, environmentally conscious when we're doing the tanning is super important. Um, I'm really, it's really important for me that none of our leather has any chromium in it or any sort of metals, um, just because we're using it and we're around it yeah. um, all day. So I use a fully veg tanned leather um, mm -hmm. that has a wet white base so it means that there is even coming from the meat processing facility to 
the to to the tannery. There's no chromium, no formaldehyde, nothing used. It's just cured with salt. So nice. it comes that way. And then um, it goes through a full veg tanning process. So vegetable tanning is, uh, there's a lot of tanning where it's vegetable retan. So that means it's been tanned uh, vegetably, but it has some chemicals in the, mm. the initial process. I'm really interested in finding and working with tanneries that don't do any of that. Um, and then the vegetable tanning process, it goes through... Essentially, the one the tannery we use uses canas, which is a type of tree, um, and eucalyptus, and they actually like, take all the bark off the trees, um, and they use the bark as the tannins. They ground it down into a powder, turn it into tannins, um, and then that gives the stiffness and kind of body feel to the leather. Um, and then we use two different in in Linkus, we use two different uh, types of leather. We use a fully natural, smooth vachetta like a true raw vachetta, which um, we developed specially for us. So vachetta is a, have you, you know, the kind of leather that over time gets really dark and it's like kind of a nude color when it starts, but it gets really dark over time and it's smooth. We use that and we, we got it specially made um, for us. And um, it's, it's hard because it's a raw, it's a fully raw, it comes to us fully raw. We finish it in house. So we, Mm. Um, we massage it with oil and we do a waterproofing technique to it and some other things um, here and then we'll cut it and make it into bags but it kind of um, it has an ability to it changes with the oxygen of the air so it's like an oxygenating patina that happens so as you use it it's not just going to be affected by sunlight but it's just kind of being open and in the air starts to shift it quickly into a little bit more of a darker brown which is pretty cool I love a live, I love a live finish, you know, on brass, on leather, on, you know, it's, it's gotta be something that will kind of mold and like continue with you for so, you know, and get more beautiful and different as you use it. Um, It's like with architecture too, you know, like using building materials that will age with the weather and time and like it's it's like you know why cover cover a a building surface up with like a render that has to be repainted that that you paint and has to be repainted or why not like use like a raw kind of brick finish or yeah so like i can imagine it's something like that with with bags and leather too it's it's super you know it's one of those things like there's a lot of different techniques out there for leather. A lot of people use like a plasticating, you know, technique on the top that like makes it essentially makes it, it, it turns it into plastic. And it's, it's, um, it's not for everyone because some people aren't going to want their bags to kind of like yeah. evolve over time. But I think that it's beautiful and it's something that you're going to see it a year from now. You're going to see it 10 years from now, kind of oh, yeah. the beautiful, you know, kind of metamorphosis of your bag to use yeah, our word. Totally. that's the word the word feels like a little bit woo saying metamorphosis but (laughs) but it's a good word it's like the theme of this year um it's a weird year (laughs) it's a weird year it's been a crazy weird year yeah i'm curious like um what are your plans for lynn kissed quist if it um you know if things go back to you know relatively normal 
like as in the fashion calendar can start back up again with the fashion weeks and the showrooms and like what do you plan do you plan to do like um a, that kind of traditional kind of market jumping from market or do you think you'll do more of a timeless kind of business model that i don't know yeah. What's the plan, man? I, I think I think that, you know, I think that this year is interesting because I think it took everyone to pause and kind of think about mm-hmm. reevaluate the way that they're kind of churning through their wheels a little bit. I think a lot of us, you know, like especially like on the creative side, we tend to like, you know, we kind of tap out. We get like, you know, exhaust, you know, this the calendar. Yeah. I was doing men's and women's before, and it's uh. it's an exhausting schedule of creating newness and you know kind of keeping up um our plan you know with our new so our new line is fully um we're not we're not identifying with gender at all with it so we're not going to do every all the objects are going to be kind of you know able to be for everyone um and the the other we're going to do our plan is to do launches four times a year so mm. we're going to kind of step outside of the fashion calendar um that's so nice our <laughs> we're going to step outside so of it nice. going to see how that goes um but uh we since we're we make it all in we're kind of those insane people that make it all in-house which is like its own you know we can kind of only do what we can do mm. um and our plan is to do kind of drops and launches four times a year and then have a little bit in between. Um, I've been doing, I do a collaboration each launch with three different other artist friends of mine that are usually in a different medium. And we're kind of bringing the leather element like this season, we did a hat. Um, we did quite a few hats actually, but with Brooks Boswell in Portland, Oregon, who makes amazing hats. I know yes. Brooks is amazing. And so we did leather braided elements and things for her hats. Um, and then I'm doing a chair collaboration with really good friends of mine at ONG studios out in, uh, which is in Rhode Island. They make some of the most beautiful uh, wood chairs. And so we're doing a leather version of that. And, That's you know, so we just have some, yeah, to do, you know, to work with friends of ours that we love and we just make this little run of, and, you know, it's been really fun creatively to like, be around these other people that I admire so much and that I love their work and then like have us work together and make something together. Yeah, totally. And see how it goes. Yeah. That's like, (laughs) yeah, I feel like I've, what I've learned from this year is like, yeah, you can make plans. Yeah, sure. You can make plans, (laughs) but those plans may maybe they won't ever happen or they won't they, they'll be on pause for a while or like but now I just realized like enjoy like just if yes. if you love making stuff which we do we love making stuff we are people who Thank love you. making stuff just for ourselves but um yeah just yeah. like enjoy that process because that's all you can do and people see that for sure yeah and that is what life is all about. Life's too short. Yeah, it's way too short. Like our our whole philosophy here is we just you know we see what we can do every week you know and we we're not trying to like be the biggest bag company in the world or like you know but we just want to make these like beautiful things that truly like speak to being handmade and we do kind of a different project each week and it keeps it very fresh and we're kind of you know running it a little bit more like an art studio than a than a manufacturing you know Mm. we have all the right 
and the equipment to do it like a manufacturing, but it's been a little bit, we kind of got different equipment that would make us a little bit more uh, nimble, you know, and able to kind of transition and and do different things Um, because you just don't want to kind of get stuck in a rut of like making the same thing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of them. And that's just not really interesting. You know, we do... Also, just to butt in just for a second, just for folks listening, like equipment, when you're you're managing your own manufacturing and in-house and, you know, you have your own equipment, that is the most expensive part of the the setup. People need to understand that. It's very, very... You need to understand that. Yeah, that it's very costly to have machinery i don't even know about leather machinery but in a garment factory machinery is like the biggest cost yeah we kind of we plan to we we were very kind of careful with kind of getting as little equipment as we needed to be correct and but also equipment some of the stuff we kind of invested in pieces that would um allow us to be a little bit more uh kind of, you know, allow us to be kind of more innovative in a way. Um, So not, you know, taking, my husband's an engineer, so it's kind of a good collaboration of like, he's very like technical on his side. So using equipment that are more um, sustainable and also allow us to use like better yields and a little bit more like technology based, which is kind of interesting. Um, I've always been kind of a what's the word? Um, like a little bit of a leadite. I'm a little bit more of a, you know, a tactile hand mm-hmm. person. Um, so doing and kind of shifting to some of these things that aren't, I, I used to kind of have a rejection to it. And now I'm a little bit more, you know, because they make things um, more, you know, they just, they, you can, you can be more efficient with your, uh, like our cutting, you know, we can be so much more effective with our use and our yield. And, and all of that is, you know, designing, you know, we created the line also, and we designed into using some of the kind of more scrap parts of the leather. Um, so designing items and things that could utilize those areas, which are sometimes a little bit less beautiful, but they also, but they're, they're still leather. They're still this like gorgeous natural material. And so we do all of our handles, like everything is fully leather lined in the core as well. So we use a lot of those and we can almost utilize the entire skin and yield on it, which is pretty cool. That's definitely an aesthetic in itself for sure. Like I, I was curious about that because, you know, I remember the low tough bags being immaculate, so immaculate, yeah. and and I can only imagine from one hide that you get, no matter how high quality that hide is, there's always going to mm-hmm. be like marks or like some kind of you know mm. imperfection totally. that you have to work around because I know leather is so costly to work with. Um, mm-hmm. And there must be, as a result, like I can only imagine the amount of waste that that companies um, have to deal with. Like that is, yeah, that, that's all money as well um, when they're making these kind of immaculate pieces. Right. It's it's interesting. It's you know there are little defects, and I think that when you get to a certain 
point and you realize where you can use that if it's like the liner of a pocket or the bottom sole of a shoe or the inner core of a handle or um, when you're kind of looking at a skin and you know where all those pieces can go um, and and how you can utilize them so that you can use it. The other thing we do too is we're working with so we have scrap at the end and it's all kind of these little strings, you know, kind of between the cutouts of all the pieces for the bags. And um, we um, we take those and we're actually working with a couple uh, artists this season to kind of figure out how do we utilize it? Like, what, yeah. are we, what can we make out of it? And I have this... Um, this friend of ours who's been taking some of it by color and casting it in different materials or hide glues or, and like compressing them and That's making amazing. them into like a solid. So we're going to try to be essentially use everything. Yeah. That's what, that's our goal. We're not quite, we're not there yet, but that's a, that's like yeah, internally yeah. what we want to do and, um, and kind of figure out a way to do that. So that's very innovative, very smart. <laughs> Using the old smarts. Sometimes. The old sometimes. Nugget. That's really <laughs> rad, man. So how yeah. many how many like in so right now you've just launched. Um, how big is the range and what do you have involved in it? Um, we're gonna be doing probably between seventeen to twenty pieces each launch at right now. That's like That's all I can kind of hand. Yeah, it lot. is kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Four times it's a year. That's a, Four yeah, times it's a year. Good, it's a good They're number. not going to all be, they won't be different every time, but we will kind of sell out of one thing and then maybe bring it back for the next mm. launch kind of thing. But um, we had like, you know, it's interesting to kind of see what people like and, you know, and you kind of have to like see what people are are into. I had, you know, we made a bag that looks like a, a bean um, that was made. <laughs> Amazing. Whose head was that? It's based off of my friend who loves beans. Okay. I was thinking about her, and she has a very like strong affinity for beans. And she's she's also in this time she was made for quarantine time because she collects. She has so many pounds of beans at any moment in her house. Beans All are a magical food, by the way. They are very yes, magical they are. food. They, there is like called, a bean diet. Yeah. She's yeah. very into beans. And so the Faba was born out of that and thinking of her and her storing and maybe her, her, uh, you know, tendencies to kind of hoard beans in her house. So <laughs> I feel like that her should head, be, that should be made into a folk song. Disclosure. Her head does not look like a bean. <laughs> <Full disclosure. laughs> I could imagine that being like a beautiful, like stop motion animation video clip with a cute folk song behind it. And the main character is like the bean head and she has her bean bag, but <laughs> no pun intended. But, um, so you have the bean bag <laughs> that you call it a fiber bag, like a, like it's the fiber, fiber, like the it's like a faba bean. bean. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. sweet. Yeah. There's like signs when you go, when you drive through like Mexico and stuff and it just says it has faba and it just like essentially means we have beans here and we just always kind of like that kind of casual, you know, That's there's lovely. beans. That's lovely. She always has beans. She needs that sign outside of her house actually. Rice and there beans. There are beans there. Um, no, but it's, it's, you know, it's important, you know, inspiration as everyone like kind of comes in weird waves and like sometimes you just are like you go and sometimes it's a little strange and you have to be open 
open for it. The, yeah, yeah, open to the universe. <laughs> just be open to anything. That is creativity. Openness. Yeah. Openness, truly. Yeah. And kind of giving yourself the space and time to be and like, you know, and kind of have that, you know, I think stepping off of, you know, kind of the wheel of it and kind of creating your own time is for me, that's it feels like the greatest luxury, you know, and kind of being like, you know, yeah. like having kind of versus having these kind of really strict deadlines of, of things. How do we kind of create in a way um, we're kind of in a pause point anyway. So it feels like the perfect time to kind of experiment there. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's, I found like, that to be a good thing and a challenging thing at the same time this year. I feel like yeah. this year with the like zero amount of travel that we've been doing and working How are from you home, adjusting for oh that? Oh my god, you it's used been, to travel yeah, so much. It's so I also hard. I like felt feel that way too. I'm like this like being stationary is like the first yes. time ever. It's so it's so hard and because because you find that your friends and your source of inspiration and your schedule was kind of fixed and it kind of moved around the world at different points of time you knew I have to get this collection done or this I have to select my fabrics at this time because I need to be in Paris for premier visions or or I need to like you I felt like I was much more organized when I was Forced, when I was traveling all the time because I was forced to get things done by this time but now that I'm not traveling it's like oh it's like every day, <laughs> every day is like a, it kind of like blurs into the next day and it's groundhog like, day yeah it's groundhog it's like- day it's groundhog day every day and like there's a less less sense of urgency to like just get that done before I leave the country right. or like so I found it really hard, man, like, and also the way that it's turned out is that traveling has kind of let me see, I have my best friends are kind of scattered all over the world and I, I got to see them, you know, on the market circuit, you know, every mm-hmm. every six months at least I would get to see no. like, the, the people that I love the most. I'd get to hang out with you, even, like, you know, so it's been like, you know, it's been you weird. Know. It's not it's not the same, this screen thing, this like no. Zoom thing. And also are we going to be able to, when we see each other, all like touch each other in that way? I'm like, I'm like worried that everyone's going to yeah. be like so... So this, so worried about, you know, and I feel like we all, especially like as in my friend group, we're so, you know, our love for one another is so So strong. It's so physical and it's like, you know, in it's like way and, you know, and, and I just, I get worried. I hope we can get back to that. I know we can, but it's just like this. Well, like what's it like for you on the East coast right now? Because I, in Thailand here, like, things are pretty much back to normal. Um, it's ba- been like that. They're not back to normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but our country is closed still, so people can't go in and out really. But um, that's right. why it's normal. But the minute that they do start letting people come in and out, you know, it will be yeah. back to that. We've, we've kind of set up, you know, in our, in our, especially like with our studio, it's only the, the five of us, um, we've kind of potted as a group. Um, and, you know, and, and that's, that's been interesting. You know, I'm, you know, 
I've, I've used to live such a, like, I love being social. I love, you know, seeing mm. friends and, you know, I'm a triple fire sign. I just like want to like do things all the time. And this has been an interesting, like, kind of like take a step yeah. back from that and like focus on, you know, and I've, I've been able to put a lot of that into like work in an interesting way and like kind of into, into my studio. Um, and it's a good time of focus. I hope it, I, I do think I'm learning from this time to focus in a way that I had never before. Mm. I used to get kind of distracted by um, all the shiny yeah. thing here, shiny yeah, yeah. thing there, event here, go here. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a certain amount of that you get kind of tapped out sometimes mm. too. You kind of pour so much of yourself out and, um, and there needs to be kind of, there's this nice time now of taking a little bit of, of break um, here still um, definitely where we all live, you know, we're very like masked, you know, when we're doing anything. Um, but it's pretty like, you know, we're not really doing much. We're just kind of like going to work and going home. Yeah. Right. And like walk and being out, you know, I feel very lucky that I live in Rhode Island. We have like beaches and, you know, amazing like woods and, you know, it's not very, uh, it's not super populated. So it's a little, there is more space, you know, in that way. Yeah. Spend a lot of time with my dog, my elderly animal that I have. And, oh. you know, yeah, I feel like, yeah, it, I liked your point just before about like forcing you to focus on like a different aspect of designing. I think I can relate for sure that, um, yeah, it's forced me to slow down and get everything, get, be much more detail orientated, much more detail orientated and and also like, I feel like for a lot of people, the the di- direction of creativity is gonna be very exciting. Actually, like for the upcoming so season, too. yeah, it's gonna I be think super so too. interesting. We we spent the summer, you know, for the first, which feels very luxurious now looking back at it. But we spent a, like the first couple months before we opened, um, testing things. So mm-hmm. I, I essentially spent you know, the first six months, like, or I, I think four months, actually, like, uh, I got thread from all over places, you know, I got leathers from different tanneries that I wanted to see. Um, I got, you know, and got it. And I, you know, tried to find the most eco friendly glue, you know, a glue that we use the leather working glue is always known for being this like, very, like, um, not great chemical, and we switched it to one that is more sustainable and more wa- and a water-based version of it, which is which has been really great. But doing all, all the testing and kind of making decisions around not necessarily uh, or like definitely necessarily making them more sustainable from our standpoint as the workers mm. and the makers, because um, to me that's you know creating a space that's you know super you know, like great for all of us to be yeah. here is make great products. Term. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we do all of our stuff, like all of my bags always like, uh, with this, I want, um, every single, every single one of us has our own little symbol. Like, so we have our own stamp oh, and lovely. when we work on when you work on our, when you work, whoever works on the bag, they, once they're done with it, they hit it with their, with their stamp. Put that and, mark which is, on it. Yeah. And if, yeah, so you can, you know, kind of tell the story of the object and who who handled it and who made it exactly you know it's it yeah. just kind of like gives that 
life to it. And, um, and also it's a sense of pride, you know, it's just, you know, if you're putting your name on it, yeah. like, you know, you got to own that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's good. And, um, and so, you know, taking that time to kind of, you know, like I tried, I think I tried thread from like 15 different places that I had been wanting to try like all over nice. the world. I ended up getting Fran- my my thread is coming from France right now. Beautiful. Which is like pretty crazy that I'm doing that, but it's better. Why? <laughs> it's Why just not? like it, it it's better. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thread that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of really not a lot, but like a couple very specific high-end French brands use and I was like, I want to try it. I want to see it. See yeah. how it works and it it truly is better. Yeah, like <laughs> I I totally can understand. You know, there's a reason why specific places are known for making specific things. Like um, last this the podcast just before this, I've been to, I was talking to Alex from this from Blue Maid. I don't know if you know Alex and Lily. I love Maid. Alex. Okay, and, Alex, and Lily. Yeah. Yes. So we were talking about you know the best linens in the world and. And the, all the different variations of flax sure. plants from all the different regions of the world. Right. So you can get real nerdy about that. And I think um, what's nice about this year is that I feel like people, consumers are getting, have also slowed down and considering what they're purchasing. I know you like with your project, it's very new, but I, it, but, um, you know, with, but you do have a great following already just, just you know, as yourself. So I'm, I feel like people will follow you wherever you go. But um, I feel like people have definitely been supporting properly made, beautifully made, right. well-designed objects in a bigger way this year. And that gives me hope. Well, so much Me hope. too. It gives me so much hope too. I, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that are making, you know, I always love a really like challenging, I don't even want to call it that, but like a really specific customer, like someone who's like asking all the questions. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of those and it's like, you know, and, and they want to nerd out in it as much as I do. And I think that that's always so exciting because I know yeah. that when they get it, they're going to love it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we're doing, we're doing a thing that's like for these, it's yeah. not for everyone. It's for them. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, yeah. That's a you know. special relationship for sure. Yeah. That's and it's, and some people thing. would probably find it exhausting, but I, I love it. I no. love, you know, you know, if you want to talk about thread, I will, you know, I will talk about thread and leather with you forever, you know, Beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, well, but yeah, yeah, that is a beautiful way, I think, to hit one hour. And yes. that was such a nice conversation. Thank you for explaining, you know, all the so many elements that make your universe. It was really, <laughs> really, it was so fun and beautiful. And, yeah, I want to thank you. For people out there who want to check it out, how do they do that? We have a website. Um, it's www.linguist-object.com. Um, we'll be doing a second launch in the middle of November, so there'll be oh, some exciting. newness. Yeah, coming for up Christmas. very soon for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just... And uh, 
I know. And it's, um, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's been, it's always, you know, I miss seeing you. So this is great. I miss you. I miss you. I miss all, all the pals. I know. We're all like. But thanks, Lindy. And catch you, catch you. I don't know. Whenever I catch you next. I'm, I want to come yeah. back to, to New York soon. But um, all right, everybody. See all ya. Right. Thank you.